Yeah, yeah, yeah. We live, we live, we live. Y'all tuned in with Kendra Rebel and Legend Eva on the This Can't Be Life podcast. Go ahead, get some. I said what I said. So, in in hindsight. beautiful people this is yet another episode of this can't be life podcast i am recording solo today so this is k the rebel bringing to you episode 62 if this is your first time listening you can follow us on instagram at tcbl podcast um, my personal page is at K the Rebel, and my co-host's page is at Legend Eva. If you need to email us for anything, our email is this can't single letter B L Y F E at gmail.com. Now that we got all that out of the way, um, I want to first start off by saying thank you to everyone that gave positive feedback regarding the definition of a man uh, episode. I know we had talked about there being a part two, but I, I just don't foresee it um, that it'll happen. It was a lot of work just to get the responses that we did for, for that episode. So trying to do a part two, I'm not really sure. But definition of a woman is definitely going to um, be be cooking up and probably will be released sometime um, early December, I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, just kind of have to see who I would want to participate in that. As far as um, this can't be life moments, um, there was one on this past Friday. Now, this was a long weekend, and um, my husband and I attended a celebration of somebody that has come on our podcast before, which is Mitri, who is affiliated with the clothing line, um, the AV uh, 617. And um, we had a great time um, celebrating his born day. It was just good to, like, attend a nice club with no drama. I had never been there before. Um, Well, it's really like a lounge. But either way, um, it was nice, positive vibes, positive energy, uh, good music. I didn't try the food because I was a bit nervous, um, and the menu was limited. So I was like, "Uh, I'm just going to get something to eat afterwards. But while we were at the, um, the birthday celebration, I watched kind of two people who have been kind of in conflict with each other they were friends and then it looks like they were no longer friends but I saw them have a moment of like clarity or like an embracing each other and I thought it was dope and the reason why I thought it was dope is because it just made me think about like wow with men it is so easy for them to just patch up you know uh pothole or something that they had in the road along their um, journey of friendship and you know just kind of keep it moving and smooth things over but with females it's like it could never be like that there always has to be all this extra stuff 
Um, not that I wish to patch up anything with, with anybody that I used to be friends with or, or talk to. I think I'm at a place in my life where I'm okay with where it is. But either way, I think just for women in general, whether I see it on TV or just other people who, you know, have lost uh, friendships, you know, and just thinks that they were not able to be repaired. So today, it's kind of like a freestyle episode, but there's particular things that I wanted to talk to, so about, um, talk to y'all about, and I guess the first will be Harriet, I guess this is a spoiler alert, um, I took my grandmother to see it, because she was, had been asking, and, um, I really enjoyed the film, it, like, resonated something inside of me, um, I felt that it was empowering to, like, watch, Harriet Tubman's, you know, determination, her resilience, and her strength. And I think there's so many other black women who do mirror her in society. Although they may not have contributed to history where they have brought, you know, slaves to freedom or this, that, and the other, but the fact that they will not give up, that they are determined, and that they stay strong no matter what obstacles that they may face. Um, and just watching her and and what she stood for and everything, it's like we definitely need um, more more Harriets absolutely in in the world. Um, she was just amazing just just watching her. Um, as far as like her 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 personal life or other things that I made note of during the film, like let's just be real. Her husband was trash, typical. It's just like she made a sacrifice, you know, for for herself, but also you like she really wanted to have freedom. But the reason why she really was determined to have freedom for herself is because she did not want to um, give birth to a child and have them be a slave. She wanted her child to be born into freedom. And her husband was already free. And so when she, you know, escaped and he wanted to come along with her, she was like, no, you know, that we'll just, you know, meet back up with each other. I'm going to come back for you or whatever. And she didn't want him to jeopardize getting in trouble or that maybe they would revoke his freedom or something. And it's like she was only gone for one year, and this dude gets a whole new wife and expecting a child. I just was like, okay, all right. Like, (laughs) it just stinks that, as much as in present society we talk about like niggas who are trash, it's obvious that that's been happening since what the uh, like 1800s. Uh, yeah, clearly, like what's wrong with you? And then when she came back and she confronted him, like for him to even say, You left me. Okay, so was she just supposed to sit there and be a slave forever? No, she wanted freedom, she wanted something for herself. And that just made me think about how sometimes, you know the black woman isn't always supported by the black man as much as she should be and um that was like my perception in that moment and how I correlated it with present society like damn people just can't have you back and be there for you be patient wait for you like always having to put themselves first mad fucking annoying um Another part that was aggravating me is that when she did make it to freedom and that guy that was part of the, 
I don't know, Slavery Association in Philadelphia, and he was, like, responsible for helping people, you know, get their life on track once they made it to freedom. And when she kept wanting to, like, continue to go capture more and more slaves and stuff like that, and I, and he was so annoying with how he just kept telling her she couldn't do it, she couldn't do it, and she's like, uh, yeah, I can. And that's another thing that I thought was annoying because it's like it brings back my original point of not getting that support that we need from our black brothers, you know, or the kings just don't be supporting the queens all the time. Like, if she said that she can do it, you need to believe her. You need to be her backbone. Like, and when she did all of that, it still seemed like he wasn't giving her her props, not to the degree that I thought that he should. You know, he would definitely, you know, have her meet the people that she was supposed to do or introduce her to the people that could help her bring about more change. But I still felt like he always was trying to have some type of control over the situation, and he needed to sit his ass all the way down. Um, so, so sad, the scene with um, uh, Janelle Monet, I forgot, but that was, that was brutal. I, I just, and the fact that that happened to her at the hands of another black brother. And a lot of people were upset with that guy. I don't know the actor's name, but the one that played as the bounty killer slash full-fledged Uncle Tom. I had, like, no reaction to him, and I'm going to tell you why. I just feel like he depicts, like, how many of our black brothers slash kings presently in society are lost and misguided. And that's probably, like, the root, like, where that stems from, behaviors such as that. So, like, when he was doing what he was doing, I just was like, oh, okay, well... The Lord is watching, and that is why he got his wig pushed all the way the fuck back when when it was um, time, and it was definitely warranted. But yes, sorry it was a spoiler alert. I still think people should see it so that they can see it from the lens of their own perspective. And um, yeah, I believe that it's that it's a must see. Power. I know I'm a little late as far as with the power season finale and everybody and all this hashtag who killed ghosts. And we have to wait all the way to January to find out. I'm guessing that it's either going to be Tariq or Sax. And I'm going to explain why I eliminate all the other ones. Tommy ain't killing ghosts. He's way too emotional. He's had way too many opportunities to off him. And he didn't because he's always emotionally charged. And please, he's procrastinating. He could have been um, killed ghosts if he really wanted to, if it was in him. Tasha's not killing anybody because, again, she still has an emotional connection to him. She just wants to hate him so bad um, because of his choice of not wanting to be with her. Um, but she she ain't killing him. Angela's sister, I forget what the hell her name is. Girl, bye. You ain't doing a damn thing. Sit your ass down. Tate, he has way too much to lose. Like, you think you're just going to kill him and then you're going to be governor? Mm, I don't foresee it. Not happening. Dre, who is he really killing or what is he doing? He is a bitch ass nigga, period. Like, you're a snitch and you're stupid if, even if you were going to kill ghosts because that would mean that the deal that you just made with Blanca is going to be off the table. Hence, let's rewind back to when you made the deal with Sachs and I think the other um, detectives about... Um, 
um, what is her name, Alicia Jimenez or whatever, and you were supposed to testify against her, but then she ended up getting killed. So you idiot, if you were to kill Ghost, then that would mean that your deal would be off the table. You can't snitch on a dead person that's no longer living. They, they won't allow that. So um, with that being said, the only two people who would be left would be Sax and Tariq. Definitely think um, Tariq, and it's because... Um, He's been angry with his father for a long time, and unfortunately, Tasha put the battery pack in his bag to make him be such an ungrateful, disloyal little fucker. Anywho, I definitely see him doing it. Um, he's he's a and because um, Ghost would underestimate him anyways. He doesn't think that he would have the heart to do it. And come on, Sax, Sax is not trying to go to jail, and he hates Ghost. I think more just as equally as Tariq where he, he's like, I'm not going to jail. I'd rather off him than go to jail. So that's what I think. Another thing that I wanted to do with power is do like kind of like a character analysis. And that character would be Aptasha. Um, Passport Cuddy um, on Instagram, I follow her. I don't know if you're familiar with her. But if so, she's pretty cool. You should follow her. But I followed her and she was like, asked, you know, her followers, do they think that Tasha still wants ghosts? And the second question was, why do you think that Ghost no longer wants Tasha? And I think that Tasha definitely still wants Ghost. She's just so emotional about everything. There's definitely feelings there. All that trying to get revenge on him and stuff like that, you have to still care about somebody to put that much energy and to try to bring them down and because you think it's going to make you feel good about good about yourself. Like, you're, you're hurt, and the only way that you feel like you can numb that pain is by doing something fucked up to him. Kind of similar to my perspective that I shared on um, the episode Don't Be an April Fool when I was talking about April Jones and Little Fizz's relationship. Anyhow, um, and as far as Ghost, I don't think Ghost desires Tasha anymore because she, she doesn't give him what he could get from either A, Angela, or B, Ramona. Tasha is kind of... Well, not kind of. We're just going to call spade a spade. She is a hood rat. Got the hood rat mentality. She likes the fast money, you know, the and the lifestyle. I think she's more infatuated with the lifestyle Ghost provides for her than who he is as a person. Um, and every time that he has tried to say to her, you know what, I'm going to go legit. We want to do this the right way. She always... Oh, you want to leave the game now? Oh, you want to get out? No, you need to do this first. Oh, you can't do this. And it's just like, I always thought, correct me if I'm wrong, that when we are in the hood, that the objective when anybody is hustling is to make enough money to go legit. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I always thought that that was the end goal. There are no 401ks in drug dealing, okay? You, there's a lot of stuff, like, come on, you just want to flip your money so that it can be legal. And I'm not talking about trying to make clean money through a hair salon or buy laundry mats or buy, um, what is the daycare center that she got? It's like, come on, like, and the fact that she would just really sit there and want to teach her son how to hustle. That, like, why you always supposed to want the best for your kids. And it doesn't matter if he's too far gone. You still shouldn't want any blood on your hands if your child is going to make a poor decision. I'm sure that makes her unattractive alone. Like, okay, yeah, I know that 
his father is who he is. And people could say, oh, well, how can you judge if the kids, you didn't set the best example. But everyone makes mistakes with parenting. And no matter what, me as a parent, I feel I could vouch for this. You always want your kids to be better than you. I don't, I don't know a person walking this earth that doesn't want that. And obviously that is what ghost wants. And Tasha just doesn't see it that way. And when he is, or when he did, you know, kind of cheat with Angela, I feel like Angela was familiar to him, somebody from his past um, that he was able to reconnect with, with. And I think she inspired him, like seeing that they both came from kind of the same background or grew up in the same hood or whatever, and to see how she just blossomed and was completely legit and making good money and successful, that inspired him to want to be a better person. Now, was he wrong for cheating? Of course, absolutely. But I could see why Angela would be more appealing than Tasha. Same thing with Ramona. Like, I was talking to one of my friends about it, and they were like that. For a black man to hear from another, from a woman or his queen, like, I believe in you. And when Ramona said that to James, that's probably way better than any other I love you, I'll ride for you, I'll die for you, like, that you believe in him. And knowing that he can overcome anything that, you know, that he's ever faced in life or that he can make a turnaround and not be ghosts and really be James St. Patrick. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I totally get it while he is outgrowing her. And, you know, he he just doesn't doesn't want her anymore. And Tasha hates it. She doesn't like feeling like, you know, he doesn't want her. But at the same time, as much as people say that ghost is such a grimy person, we have we really sat here and talked about Tasha and her grimy behavior. She was trying to push up on Sean way before Ghost really totally sealed the deal with Angela. Then, mind you, that was not only grimy to Ghost because this is his freaking assistant. You also had the audacity to snake your friend Lakeisha because you know Lakeisha was interested in him. That was grimy. The fact that you've never had any allegiance to ghosts and you're always trying to basically feed Tommy information or feed Tariq information to make them hate ghosts because you hate them so much. Half of the stuff that was going on, matter of fact, Proctor is the reason that that um, Proctor died basically because of Tasha in my eyes because she ran her big fucking mouth to Tommy. She should have kept her fucking mouth shut telling that Proctor was staying there. Like, why did you even say all that? just was, like, to me, how do you just go siding with your husband's best friend? Your allegiance is always supposed to be to your husband. And I feel like she's never done that with, with ghosts. So I can see why he has has strayed or um, finds, you know, these other women um, appealing. And just always so quick just to smash somebody, even the lawyer. Like, that whole thing was an annoying. Like, why? At least with him... Angela was somebody from his past. He didn't just pick some random off the street. Then Ramona was somebody that he actually developed a business relationship first and then it turned personal. But her, she just was too much. Or even the dude that came um, to the shop, old Burberry shirt wearing ass nigga um, at the daycare. Like, come on, like, girl, just, I, I don't know. I just feel like as much as people can't stand ghosts, I don't understand how you tolerate Tasha. Like, I'm sorry, I'll take Ghost's character over Tasha any day. She's just fucking annoying. Um, and I hope for the final season in January, 
the, the hairstylist or whoever is on set does something with her fucking hair because those wigs, dead, they're fucking tired. And her wardrobe is trash, too. I mean, I'm no fashionista, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I guess I'll talk briefly about this situation with T.I. and wanting to be involved in Deja's um, yearly uh, gynecology exams and trying to check for her hymen and see if she's still, like, a virgin. I I do not like this man. Like, I, I, I've tried to forgive him and just say, okay, maybe he just made a mistake. He's a cheating bastard. He's just, he's just a fucking narcissist to the fucking 100th degree. Like, seriously. I, I don't understand why he, even if he's been doing that for the past few years, the fact that he felt the need to share that on such a public platform and to humiliate that girl and to want to have that type of control and to be policing her private parts. When are you going to police your own private parts? Or the fact that King is like three years younger than her, 15 years old, and he's smashing chicks while he's on tour, and you totally endorse that behavior. But she's a grown-ass woman. Well, not a grown, grown-ass woman, but hey, on paper she is. And you're really policing her private parts. Like, this controlling. And who is Deja's mother? Like, I'm sorry. I, oh, I, I don't know who her mother is, but that, that wouldn't work for me. I'm wondering if Tiny has have anything to say or if this is like basically giving her an eye opener of what's yet to come for Harris. It's just uh, that man, he's he's got to go. Like, I know that people are sick of the cancel culture, but we need to cancel him as well. He's got to go. Like, he's he's just doing way too fucking much and always got his fucking mouth going lately in the media. I'm, I'm done. I'm finished. I don't even want to talk about him anymore. Um, next thing I was going to roll into were things that I had saw, um, kind of on social media that gave me like a aha moment, like, oh, like maybe I should talk about this. Um, I saw something on the page I follow called Black Girl Things, and they were talking about girl codes, and they had a list of things, um, that are supposed to be girl codes that we should follow as women. One is exes and old flings are off limits unless they say it's okay. I agree. Two is never ever leave your friend alone at a function. Couldn't agree with that more. I don't understand how people do that, but hey. Three, don't tell your friend's business to other friends. This one, I'm not certain. We've all slipped up and we've done it. I think if you're telling it to a complete stranger, you're in the wrong. But if y'all are like a group of friends and maybe y'all had like a side conversation, I think it's okay just as long as somebody is going to also have that conversation with her in her face. I'm all for it. I mean, everybody has said something about somebody behind their back. And to me, I'm okay with people talking shit behind somebody's body's back as long as when you're in their face, you can keep the same energy and you can say the same shit. Or when, or if it does get back to the person and you're then confronted, you do not need to backtrack and you do not need to cop, please. That is a problem. Say what you mean and read what you say. Um, always tell your friends if they're having a wardrobe or makeup malfunction. I don't know about wardrobe. That's a touchy subject to tell your friends that their outfits are not up to par. Um, I'm probably not going to tell anybody well, I guess if it's just a malfunction, but a malfunction could just be style in general. I don't know. I'm not having that conversation with somebody. Or if their makeup 
necessarily isn't the best, I'm probably not going to say something either. Because, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's I, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything, and I'm also not going to talk bad about you to other people or amongst the group. I'm not going to do that. That's kind of corny, because if that was the case, instead of me criticizing, I should have just brought it to you. Um, and makeup, I don't really care how you do your face. Sometimes when you look in the mirror, maybe that's what makes you feel pretty. People could do their makeup however they want to. Never ditch your friends for a guy. This one, I'm not certain about. Um, sometimes you don't want to hang with your friends and you would rather hang with your guys, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now that I'm older, I'm sorry. I don't have time to hang with my girls all the time. Um, whether I was married or not, I don't think I'm interested in that. Um, and sometimes being around male company, you get a certain, you get something from that that you just don't get from your female friends. Even if they're your day ones, they're your sisters, they're going to be around even if the guy isn't around or they were there before him. Sometimes there's just something that you get from male interaction that you can just never get from your females, F female friends. That's just my personal opinion. Six is tell your friend if her man is cheating on her. I'm not telling nobody a damn thing. People can say that that's grimy or whatever. Um, it's always going to be awkward if she decides to stay. Um, also, how did you find out the information? To me, like, unless she, the only way you should tell is if you got hardcore evidence, like, okay, you saw him out with somebody. Be able to snap a picture, show it to her, and let her deal with it. Or if, come to find out, he's dealing with one of your coworkers or something like that. Yeah, you need to speak up. But if you just are carrying, like, rumors and a grapevine and stuff like that, and you're not able to confirm, just keep your mouth shut. Don't don't say a word. I, I just don't think you should. I feel that, too, people are grown, and I think people also know. Like, you know what your situation is, kind of. You know if you are being, like, cheated on or whatever, whatever I think you should know women have intuitions they just choose to ignore them so it's kind of not your place to step in um never lie to your friends to preserve their feelings oh I agree with that wholeheartedly that actually could cause you to lose some friendships especially if you're dealing with someone that's sensitive or doesn't like hearing the truth but I feel like I'm either keeping it 100 or I'm being or I'm being quiet. I'm never going to lie. It's either one or the other. I'm going to keep it 100 and lay it on you or I'm not going to say shit. And usually if a person like me is not saying anything, it's because I know that you cannot handle the truth that I'm going to deliver. And I think that it's not worth risking the friendship or us not speaking to each other again. If she doesn't like him anymore, we don't either. Um, when I was younger, I used to agree with that. It depends on to what extent you may have hurt hurt my friend or something like that. But I also feel that if my friend played a role in her getting her feelings hurt, I'm not going to go hate the guy. I'm not going to go hanging out with them. Shit like that is completely unacceptable. But I'm not going to unfollow him on social media or block him. If I saw him in a grocery store, I'm still going to say hi to him. I'm just, it's just a maturity thing. Like, I'm not going to be taking on other people's um, feelings. I decided that you have to learn how to separate the two. It's, it's, it comes with growth and maturity. Um, get your wing game right, says, I'm always a great wingman. I feel that people, too, get it twisted thinking that somebody can't be a wingman just because they're married. I know how to seal the deal or get things going. Like, Especially if I feel like you and a guy are taking too long, I'll be the one to intervene. Like, okay, so y'all going to exchange numbers or what? Like, what's happening? I'm like that kind of person. Um, be the amazing photographer you wish you had. 
I try to take the best pictures from my friends. I don't feel like they always give me the same um, thing, but my sister, shout out to her, she always does a great job, and my husband does a great job on taking pictures of me. Everybody else, I'm not really certain if you could be trusted. You know what, my mom be hooking me up too, but as far as friends, I don't know. Some of y'all, y'all just, y'all don't be doing what y'all are supposed to do. <laughs> so that's enough um, for, for the girl code. The next thing is um, a question that I saw on So Shameless um, podcast. This was probably like months ago, and I've always saved it. Sometimes I have like these screenshots on my phone where I'd be like, oh, my God, maybe one day I'll talk about this on the podcast. And the question was, who is worse, the person who stays too long or the person who leaves too quick? When I was younger, I always thought that the person that's worse is the person who stays too long. Now that I'm older, I think it's the person who leaves too quick. Um, and when I mean leave too quick, it could be at the early stages of the relationship, mid-stage, or even something as as strong of a commitment as, as marriage. Um, I don't really think there's a there's a thing as as, as as staying too long. Only you know what what works for you or you know the reasons why you're in you're in the relationship or why you feel that you should just give it that one last shot and maybe one that one last shot turns into multiple ones or whatever. But you you can't it's to me it's stupid to leave something if you're just going to keep going back back to it. So if you stay in it I would rather someone do that so that they can figure every everything out or whatever. You know, um, we are all human. Everybody has different emotions. Everybody has different phases. But I feel like for any longevity um, in a relationship or any success, you have to have tests, and then you're either going to pass those tests or you're going to fail them. And it's truly up to those two people. So, again, um, yeah, I can't really say it's it's the worst thing to stay too long. The person who leaves too quick, me and my sister was having this conversation last week. I can't stand coward behavior. When shit gets rough, you don't need to walk away. My thing is, is the only two things that I say that I don't know about staying in relationships or whatever for, and that would obviously be domestic type situations or control, even if somebody's not hitting you, even um, like verbal or emotional abuse, such as someone being controlling, that type of stuff, you definitely need to make an exit. And obviously, serial cheating. Somebody goes and has like a one-night stand, okay, you can forgive them and move past that. But if somebody's having like a full-fledged relationship with somebody for years behind your back, I ain't with all that. That's that's just too much. That's somebody that's, yeah, showing narcissistic behavior and they're, no, I'm not doing it. But um, I definitely think, yeah, people do leave too quick. That's why there aren't a lot of relationships. I don't know if anybody listening has ever watched, you know, the Black Love documentary. All those couples went through stuff. You're not getting to 15, 16 years sitting and twiddling your thumb and having romance all the time and la-la land and all these vacations and we're having babies and we're just so excited. That is not the reality of relationships. I think that healthy relationships require some level of conflict, and that's because every time you are in conflict with your partner, you will always learn something about them. If I can give you any advice, that is factual. Um, now, it is it is okay to fight as long as the fighting is clean, meaning people are not swearing at each other, putting hands on each other, stuff like that. I will be the first to admit that in the 
probably first two years of my marriage, the fights were dirty completely. We have worked hard to make the fights clean and also to make the fights less frequent and pick and choose what's even worth fighting over because some things aren't, and that's when it kind of becomes toxic. Um, you know, um, yeah, just like, okay, and if you leave every relationship that you get in because it gets too tough, then that means you're going to probably not have any successful relationships. You know, you just got to pick the person that you're okay with going through the ups and downs with because there are going to be ups and downs in a relationship. Anybody saying that it's not. So, yeah, I'm just those people that are trying to give up on stuff like too quick without trying every alternative or you know, really working together to try to make things work if you see the bigger picture or if you have a vision with each other. But if, yeah, you're quick to just throw away, you know, something. Obviously, it's it's not something that has much meaning or value to you um, anymore. But, yeah, again, I don't judge people who, who stay too long. Um, that I don't. Um, I think that's going to be it. I'm going to wrap it up with this uh, quick um, freestyle episode. And um, we will be back uh, next Monday. I didn't want to release yesterday because it was Veterans Day and figured people are relaxing and whatever. But um, thank you so much for uh, tuning in and peace out.